Fakes the handoff. He drives the lane. He takes it to the house. Bouncing off defenders. He just laid it in. He just put it up and in. 56 seconds to play. Oh, by the way. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Game 7 is over. It's an instant classic. It's the T.C. Martin Show. A three for the game. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. You've got to pinch me. The doctor is now in. And a very happy President's Day to you and everyone out there. That's right. We're working. Just about everyone's working, I think, unless you're a federal employee, state employee. But a lot of people working today. I know everyone in our business is working today, so... Glad to be here, glad to have a show, and maybe touching upon a little audience that normally is working during this point in time. They get to tune in and hear it live instead of the podcast. TC Martin Show, of course, 2 to 4 p.m. streaming live for you right here, of course, Monday through Friday. Myself, Ballpark, VGK Frank in the house, Numchuk on the other side of the actual glass on this Monday, and we've got a lot to do, a lot to cover today. Vegas Golden Knights. Very impressive in two back-to-back victories, one on the road in San Jose and then one yesterday back at T-Mobile Arena. We'll dive into that. The big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, will join us as some crazy NBA news happening with some marquee players, and uh, we'll dive into that along with some college hoops uh, as well, too. And Matthew Holt, our U.S. integrity man and UFC guru, we will relive UFC 258. Very good card that took place on Saturday night. So, a lot to do, a lot to cover. Glad to have you with us here. VGK Frank, what's going on, my man? I don't know. I was a little bit surprised yesterday. I'm looking at social media, and I didn't see any food pictures from you. I figured you'd be out someplace for Valentine's Day or something with uh, pictures all over the place. But And, of course, what some people are more excited about than the day being President's Day, whether they're working or not, and some people do have it off, a lot of people I've noticed on social media going crazy because it's half-price chocolate day for all the Valentine's Day chocolates in that that weren't sold. I actually swung by Albertsons to get some Coke on the way over here, of course, because it's still on sale. And I noticed they have carts all over the place of all the all the Valentine's Day chocolates and that fifty percent off. So you know, uh, you know, if if you still haven't seen that special, someone you want to make it look like you care, get her something. She doesn't have to know that you only okay. pay fifty percent for it. That's a great point. So here was my thinking on that. It was like restaurant reservations were off the charts Friday, Saturday, Sunday, even extended until Monday. And I actually did go out. But not to a picture worthy place that I figured last night. You take pictures every place you go. No, you got to be picture worthy. Now, but I did go out on weekend. You probably saw my pictures on Friday night. I mean, I had some picture worthy things. From Hanks? Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Nice plug. There you go. Exactly. And um, so, where was I going with this? Oh, so a lot of places didn't have reservations. I mean, you couldn't get reservations of the call ahead, and it was pretty ridiculous. Everybody and their mother, of course, wanted to go out on right. Valentine's Day. And, 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 of course, they still had it at 25% capacity because yes. they couldn't make it a day earlier and give the restaurants a right. break and let them have right. 35 to 50% on Valentine's Day when everybody right. wants to go out. So the, uh, the restaurants that I called, they'd say, well, it's the same way basically Friday through Monday. I go, well, Valentine's Day is Sunday. They go, oh, yeah, but Monday, I guess, being a holiday, so it's just as packed. So my question for you is, I would think that maybe the chocolates, they would keep the the sale going through Monday and maybe drop it on Tuesday. Nope. And does that same thing go for the discounted chocolates for flowers? I don't know about the flowers because I wasn't looking for any of it. But yeah, when you see right. like six carts all lined up there with the different stuff, oh, well, the flowers are prevalent too. I yeah. mean, you know, but I mean, but stores, I mean, you yeah. know, you can get like the different, you know, the the dark chocolates and the this and that and the M and M's and all that stuff. But then they also have the big heart boxes and that and everything mm-hmm. like basically fifty percent off. And I'm mm-hmm. sure that most places are doing that. So as far as the flowers, I do not know. Mm-hmm. Maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, but, if you know, again, if you said, hey, I couldn't get a reservation for yesterday and you're going out tonight, you want to pick up a box of heart chocolates or something now, yeah. 
He'll save a couple bucks, and nobody that, has to be the wiser. It, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm wondering about the flowers routine, too, because of the flowers. Because, as you know, they jack up the price of the flowers. Well, for sure. You know, on Valentine's Day. Well, yeah. So they, I'm they, just they, wondering if it's a drop today, or does that drop on Tuesday? Now, I'm checking a florist on the line. Let's, uh, let, let's, let, let's ask this question. Well, yeah, they, they jack them up. They make them four times the price, and they put it on a 50% off sale to make it look like you're getting a special, so it's only twice as much as normal. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, he's, he's looking at me right now. He's going like, are you serious? Of course I'm serious. Yeah. If you want to get a, get a florist, on, get him on the line. I'll, I'll talk to him. This, uh, you know, stuff like this, you know, piques my interest, you know. Or if a florist happens to be listening. Right. Exactly. Give a call. Absolutely. 221-7283. And let me know. Or if somebody got flowers today and they were trying to think about going on the cheap a little bit. You know, I can, I can relate to that. Is it cheap or is it frugal? <laughs> I mean, flowers Flowers die a couple days after you buy them anyhow. See, I've, been, I've never been a big flower. I've done it, but that reason exactly. They're dead in three days, four days max, and yeah, it's great at the moment, but really, do you know how bad that looks like four or five days later, and they're just all dried up, and they're on the table? It's, it's awful. Who needs it? It's about the length of some relationships. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. Really Flowers good. die and chocolates go to the thigh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just, it's funny how he was looking at the chocolate section, but never occurred to him to look at the flowers. No, no. No, 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 no. I wasn't looking. I know. It's by, It's literally, there's there's carts in front of yeah. every checkout aisle. I know. And and flowers, so too. I wasn't, no, I, but they weren't carts of flowers there. They oh, were really? carts of all the well, chocolates. Well, at my local grocery store, it, flowers galore in, in front, to the side. All that stuff. There might have been some, but they don't have carts of them on the way to the chocolate, on the way to the check. You literally can't go to one of the checkout lines without seeing a cart of right. some of the chocolates and stuff. All right. So you obliged? You, you, you went for the chocolate? I got some dark chocolate for myself. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 50% off, yeah. of course. Yeah. 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 You know? <laughs> I, I, I put that stuff up in the freezer. They stay nice and cold. I'm, I'm a big dark chocolate fan. You like the dark Plus, chocolate? Plus, it's also a health food, you know. Really? Yeah, dark chocolate. When I was when I donated blood all the time before I got the virus in my blood thing and I couldn't do it for a little while, I found out that my iron was low a couple of times. And they said, "Well, do you like dark chocolate?" And I said, "Well, yeah, I actually do. I prefer dark chocolate way over milk chocolate." And they said, "Well, have some of that. Dark chocolate's actually loaded in iron, and it's something good. If your iron's low, if if you eat some dark chocolate, it'll boost your iron counts without okay. having to take an iron tablet or something." Interesting. No, Chuck, you haven't found a florist yet. How e- how hard is it to just type in florist near me or something like that? I don't care which one you get. It doesn't matter. Jeez. He, he doesn't have a local florist in his phone that he's just on speed dial or something like that? You would like think that? so, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, do you have one of those? Uh, I, I, I don't. <laughs> you know, I really got spoiled because way back when, it used to have a... Um, Peabody and Sherman. Yeah. The Wayback Machine. <laughs> the Wayback Machine. Right? <laughs> yeah. I didn't have it in my phone, but I think it was one of the sales reps... Had had a deal with a florist, so I, I would actually be able to get flowers, you know, basically, you know, for free and in, in, in comped. And I remember on holidays like this, you know, we'd get in, give them away. Oh, we have breaking news! Here we go. Numchuck has got someone on the line. Do I know who I'm talking to here? It's U.S. Floral. We oh. have U.S. Floral that we are calling on. They don't know we're calling, apparently. Of course not. So this is going to be a. Are they even open? <laughs> See, I love doing this. U.S. Oak Matthew. Hello, who am I speaking with? Uh, this is Shane. Hey, Shane, how you doing? Hey, I, I'm a little bit curious here. So, I really missed the boat. I wanted to get my uh, girlfriend slash wife slash significant other slash mistress. All four uh, of them? Yeah, all four of them. <laughs> flowers. And I kind of missed the boat yesterday. I, it was kind of like Groundhog Day, Bill Murray, where I totally forgot that yesterday was Valentine's Day. So can uh-huh. I still get flowers today? Are they discounted today? Uh, they are not discounted today. It's the same price as yesterday. <laughs> well, wait, wait a minute. Uh, you say your name was Shane, right? Like Sugar Shane? No, it's Chain. It's Chain. Ch- it's Chain. Ching. Like Cha-Ching? Uh-huh. Okay, Cha-Ching. So yesterday, we go ahead and, and you're, you're, you got premium prices, right? Because I'm sure if I would have bought flowers, like, say, last Tuesday, I could have saved money. But then you jacked up the price a little bit over the weekend, right? No. No? Actually, it's uh, beginning of uh, February already, already up. Oh, so you jack it's, it up yeah, once February 1st our- comes. Our inventory. We need. We go to get our flower. They start at 
uh, beginning of February, they they increased the price. So uh-huh. so we need to increase price too. Oh. So I can can so so we can get profit, but we didn't got too much. Okay, so if I want a dozen uh, roses, uh, make it really nice for me in a vase. Get a uh, little baby baby's breath, breath baby's and all breath. Stuff, exactly. Yeah. Uh, how much would you charge me for that, Ching Chang? That one, ninety eight, ninety five. Ninety eight, ninety five. Uh huh. Ninety eight, ninety five. Okay. What if I wait till Thursday? How much would I would you charge me then? It's depend on if I if uh, uh, I need to check with uh, the place. If th- Thursday is the same price. Thursday Actually, same until twentieth. Until the twentieth. It's the same price. You can go wait until February twenty second. Oh uh, well, I could be uh, divorced, separated, or dumped by that point in time. <laughs> you know, well, you I could mean? have a new mistress. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, <laughs> can I help uh, it? So has business been good for you? Yeah. Business good, huh? Now you say you mm-hmm. got to talk to somebody else. Aren't you the manager? You're the owner. No, I'm not. You? Oh, you're not. So you have to answer to someone else. You made it sound like another company that you had to go. Uh, you know, the people that manufacture the flowers or the grow the flowers. I didn't know. She was merely explaining where they get the flowers come, and there was an increase from them, and oh. then they raise the price as well because they have to continue their profit margin. I understand. Okay. Uh, well, Cha-Ching, uh, thank you very much. Uh, you've been on the radio, uh, by the way. So uh, you want to say anything to our listeners out there? You want to give yourself a free plug? Go ahead. Um, no, thank you very much. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want business. Okay. That's bye. A, bye-bye. There you go. All right. So, so the bo- I'll give her a plug. U.S. Flowers, sixty-one fifteen West Sahara. Numbchuck found something. Flowers and silk, exactly. Maybe I should have asked silk prices. Could have saved some money. Well, you can get silk flowers. Yeah, you know they have those silk flowers that are made, of, and those don't die in four or five Listen, days. I've done this Valentine's thing before. I don't think I've spent ninety-eight dollars. And I think I, I think she's a little high in her prices there. It costs a lot of dead presidents on President's <laughs> Day. <laughs> So there's the answer. So there you go. No discounted flowers today because it's the 15th. No discounted flyers at that place on the 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, or even 20th. And the key there is at that place. There might be some at other places. You think? Yeah. Now, I do know that some people, I know people that have gotten flowers for their significant other at grocery stores before. Like I said, I went through Albertsons. And if they find out they came from Albertsons, they are not happy. Because they want them from an actual flower shop. Yeah, but who's going to really know the difference? I don't They I look don't the know. same to me. I, I, right? Again, but then, you know, I remember years ago when uh, when I had that makeover. I did a makeover show mm-hmm. years ago, How Do I Look, on the Style Network. Mm-hmm. And they gave me a haircut at Vidal Sassoon in Beverly Hills. And I thought, okay, it's a haircut just like any other haircut. I could not believe how many women came up to me and commented on how good my hair looked in that because i thought a haircut was a haircut so women do notice some things that us guys don't necessarily so sometimes i think some of them can sense these are grocery store flowers as opposed to a a a florist shop flowers so yeah i think the only reason that people will looked at you because it was the first time you had a haircut in probably three and a half years at that point in time no i get one every year yeah (laughs) i get one Just a little off the top. No, we're going to groom you, Frank. We're going to trim that beard, maybe shave it all off. Yeah, you look like a million bucks. A little off the top used to be a topless haircutting place on Sahara years ago. A little off the top. (laughs) Were they actually talking about hair? Um, They were talking both. They would cut your hair, and the ladies were topless. Oh, very, are they still open, by the way? No, they closed the I was going to have Nubchuck get them on the line. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't believe they're around anymore. <laughs> I wonder. You think that'd be a thriving business, you know? Well, I guess not. <laughs> it was the best Aren't you glad you came to, to work today? See, you want the day off. Nubchuck says, hey, it's President's Day. I want the day No, he never said that. I'm just, I'm just kidding. It so. was the breast place on Sahara to get a haircut. It was a breast place. <laughs> How do we transition to VGK talk? I don't even know if we should. I mean, this is this is going pretty well right now. But well, they've been kind of on top of the hockey world. Yes, so. but but very nicely done, Numchuck. Wait, get see see you doubted me. That's the first time you've done that with me, huh? I love doing that. Getting somebody on the air. I want to. I got I got questions. I need answers, and she gave me answers. And she was a good sport about it too. There you go. I think it's the first person I ever met named Cha Ching. But I don't think her name was Cha Ching. <laughs> I threw the cha in there. I, I, she said Ching. <laughs>
I I don't even right now she's telling somebody that some kids just called her or something like that. She got pranked. She I don't even think she thinks that realizes that she was actually on the radio. She doesn't. No. She was a good sport about it. Yeah. She answered the question. If you want your flowers, go get them. They're only a hundred bucks. There you go. Ninety eight. Yeah. So so much for your your scenario there. It's like, hey, maybe you know save a little bit of money, you know, still the thought and everything. Chocolates, yes, flowers, no. That's what we've learned today. We learned that one place doesn't have them. We don't know every place. Oh, you we want me to call some more? No, I don't want you to call anymore. <laughs> who, who, who knows what name you're going to get on the line next? <laughs> Golden Knights, very impressive yesterday slash last night. Uh, Golden Knights beat Colorado one nothing, coming off back-to-back wins in consecutive days. Beat San Jose on the road on Saturday, and they came back home at T-Mobile Arena and got the job done against Colorado. I think VGK made a statement yesterday because they've mostly been beating the lower-tier teams. They stepped up, and Double B texted him yesterday and goes, hey, he goes, they're an underdog today. First underdog, they, uh, first time they've been an underdog at home. And I said, yeah, it's been basically plus $2, uh, or rather minus $2 or more for e- every home game. So he was saying basically, yeah, they were dog, pick them maybe. Um, and, 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 and that makes sense in some ways because Colorado is the team that they'll probably be battling it out with the entire season. What's interesting about that, that them being an underdog, was Colorado's first game in a couple of weeks yeah. because they had all the COVID issues and that. So maybe people thought that Colorado was going to be fresh because they hadn't played, but then you also wonder about Russ. But then Colorado was also playing without McCarr and without Landeskog, and mm-hmm. I would think that, that now I know the Vegas Golden Knights also played without Theodore, right. so... But, boy, I mean, it, it, it had to be a small favorite if if Colorado was a favorite, especially coming to T-Mobile because without playing and without Landeskog and, and Cal McCarr is one of the best young defensemen in the league. So Colorado is missing some significant pieces themselves. Yeah, and, again, very dangerous when you're going ahead and betting on teams. And I knew this firsthand over the weekend. There were uh, two college teams that I looked at. Uh, I thought there was some value, but then I go, wait a minute. Uh, these guys have been off. And one of them was Michigan. And Michigan was losing to Wisconsin yesterday for most of that game. And then the last three minutes, Michigan just turned it on, shut Wisconsin down, and they got the victory. But uh, a couple other teams it didn't work out so well that had that layoff. And with Colorado, they didn't get a goal yesterday. But, yeah, they missed five games. They were off almost, nearly two weeks. They had five consecutive games postponed, and we're in this weird scheduling situation now. Well, it's all kind of weird, but uh, the Golden Knights playing Colorado, what, four straight games, and like we mentioned, you know, five straight games postponed uh, by Colorado. So the, they played yesterday, off today, home game tomorrow again for the Golden Knights against Colorado. Then uh, both teams will travel up to Lake Tahoe and play on Saturday, and then they'll continue the series at Colorado on Monday. Yeah. So very strange. So four times against Colorado. This will tell us a lot about the Golden Knights. And, uh, you know, hey, 1-0 so far against the Avalanche. Yeah, 1-0 against the Avalanche. And, again, I mean, let's face it. I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury won that game for the Vegas Golden Knights. Marc-Andre Fleury has been playing sensational. Mm-hmm. Even the one game that they lost to Anaheim, they didn't score a goal. I mean, Vegas lost one to nothing. So Fleury has been absolutely sensational. He should have... Re-won the job is the starting goaltender, the number one goalie. That's up to Pete DeBoer. We don't know what's going to happen when Leonard comes back. And now I know there's rumors about uh, they're talking to Pittsburgh and they might be trading him back there because the Penguins need a goalie in that. I don't see Marc-Andre Fleury going anywhere this year with this crazy schedule, with the situations we've had, with all the COVID and that and postponements and everything. You mentioned Vegas playing four straight with – with Colorado here. Now, that was originally scheduled that way. They still have some games that they have to make up from earlier on. There still could be other games that are postponed. And you talk about how crazy it is. Each team plays their teams in their division eight times this year. St. Louis and Arizona are at the tail end of seven games in a row against right. each other. I mean, if, if, if you don't need anything else to tell you what a wacky, insane season mm. this is, that does it right there. But, no, Vegas is playing well, but really it's Marc-Andre Fleury that's playing absolutely sensational, keeping them in all these games. Even the San Jose game, they won the game and they got three goals. Right. And the nice thing about that was that the power play was clicking because I believe they were all power play goals. Mm-hmm. The bad thing is they couldn't score against San Jose and Martin Jones in five-on-five. Right. So <laughs> they still need to find a way to put the puck in the back of the net more often. They're winning games, but they're winning it because of their mm-hmm. goaltending. The same problem that that had them in the bubble is still affecting them 
they're not getting as many goals as this team should get. Yeah, to your point, the Golden Knights have had uh, one five-on-five goal in the last three games. Think about that. That's 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 crazy. But it's that, not getting it bad. done. It's not, not get, getting not it done, get done. especially but, with all the talent yeah. they have on this team. I wholeheartedly agree with you about Mark Andre Fleury. Thirty saves yesterday, second shutout of the season for him. He stopped a hundred of his last hundred six shots. Yep. Put that in perspective. Mm-hmm. Think about that. One hundred six shots have been rifled his way. He stopped a hundred of them. The last hundred six. That, that that's amazing. And he just shut out arguably the yeah. best team, certainly one of the two best teams in this division. Yeah, no doubt about it. Okay, so back to this thing, and you brought it up again, and we talked about it Friday with Brian Benowitz as well, too. You talk about Marc-Andre Fleury and then Robin Leonard, and, and the debate will go on. It just cracks me up because, again, you hear a lot of people out there, a lot of the talking heads, they're talking about, well, yeah, Marc-Andre Fleury is the best goalie. Yeah. Wait a minute now. The same people were also saying, oh, yeah, Robin Leonard, it's, it's great to have him, big contract, but, yeah, you got to do it. You're siding with Pete DeBoer. And then, of course, there's that fraction of people saying, well, you know, we, we love Flurry. He's our team captain. He's, he's the face of this franchise. But then people were saying, well, he doesn't have it anymore. And again, everyone was thinking it was going to go 50-50 split or close to it in, in the postseason last year. Didn't happen at all. It was more like 80-20, if that, in favor of Leonard over Flurry as far as starts and net. And so DeBoer started the every other game, but remember, his opening night starter was Robin Leonard, and we're seeing Flurry now, what, three games in goal, and now it's going to be probably four or five because Leonard's still injured, well, and, and, and now and, the talk has flipped again. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, maybe we should uh, you know rethink this Leonard thing now. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just crazy how people just flip and flop with this situation, okay? Now people will say, okay, well, is, is Flurry playing this well now because – of, you know, he, he's so focused or he's more fresh because he's not playing every night? Or is it because, you know, there's this rivalry between him and Leonard and his agent jumped in the middle of all that last year, if you remember? I don't know what it is, but w- whatever is working right now, yeah, you keep it that way. And for me, it's a no-brainer who your starting goalie should be. It, it, it is Marc-Andre Fleury. But let's let's remember this. Just because you name a guy as your starter, which you probably really don't even need to do, because you've already started this every other thing when they're both healthy, it's like Fleury's going to need some rest at some point in time. So he's if you're named the starter, you're not going to be uh, going you know like three or four games in a row. When Leonard is healthy, it's probably going to go back to the 50-50, um, and, you know, I don't know if it's going to be Flurry like every two out of three starts. I don't think it will be. And I think DeBoer would have a lot of questions to answer because he was kind of the driving force about, you know, having Leonard, making him the number one, and paying that money for the contract. Well, there's a lot to unpack with what you just said there. First off, Pete DeBoer. Sorry, I just got on a roll. No, 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 it's, it's all good. What I'm saying is, though, first off, Pete DeBoer's never said that Leonard was his number one goalie. By the. Starts that he gave him, it's obvious that that's what he's feeling. And in the playoffs, because in the regular season, there was that 50-50 split. We'd still be having that right now. Some people thought that Oscar Dansk might get the star yesterday because Fleury would have had to play back-to-back games. But yeah, you're right. Fleury could conceivably start tomorrow night. And then because they don't play again until Saturday, he could easily start the game up in Tahoe. So because that, even though this is a condensed schedule, the way it sets up right now for Vegas, it could be advantageous if Leonard is still on the mend that we could see Flurry for the next three straight games. He could be wrapping up this Colorado series. Now, after that, we keep on hearing Leonard's day-to-day. What does day-to-day mean? With the Vegas Golden Knights, it means nothing right? because they don't tell us anything. As far as why is Flurry playing better now, I would argue he's not playing better now. He's been playing this great the entire season. And last year when he went into a bit of a funk – yeah, he, he was struggling a little bit for the standards he has set for himself. He lost his father, the guy that was the inspiration of his entire life. You know, people grieve in different ways. And that that's tough to come back and play hockey and things. You know, he went through a little mental lapse there, but he played fine at the end of the season. He played fine in the bubble. Leonard actually played fine in the bubble. The offense didn't score. We just talked about that. They have a hard time putting it in the back of the net. They were not eliminated from the playoffs because of the goaltending. And as far as the 50-50 split, they did it in the regular season because I think the board came in and he said, all right, let's see what's going on here. But he already had it in the back of his mind who he thought his starter was going to be. 
Marc-Andre Fleury had to beat Robin Leonard out to get more starts in the playoffs. In DeBoer's mind, he didn't. And we can talk about, oh, well, the media keeps on going back and forth. Doesn't matter what the media says. Doesn't matter what I say. Doesn't matter what you say. Doesn't matter what anybody in this city says or on the national level or on TSN in Canada or NHL Network or anybody else. Pete DeBoer makes that decision. End of story. If DeBoer says Leonard's the starter, he's the starter. If Marc-Andre Fleury shuts out Colorado in all three of the next games coming up here. Whether he should be or shouldn't be, that's the questions DeBoer has to answer. But guess what? In this day and age of COVID, he has to answer him on a Zoom call. It's not face-to-face. It's not 20 microphones in his face. If there was ever a time to have this kind of controversy for DeBoer, Could you imagine what it would have been like every day last year in the bubble if he had to face all the reporters on a date? He clicked on the Zoom call. He answered the question. He turned it off and said, good night, everybody, and left. Mm. You didn't have to face him one-on-one in the locker rooms and that. It does make it a little bit different. The Boar's actually in an advantageous situation, but I don't think he'd back down anyhow. I mean, what did he say this year when he's like, well, who's the starter tonight? What did he say? Are we going to do this every game again this year? (laughs) Look, I'm, the bottom line is he's the coach, and it's my way or the highway. You're going to do it his way. And he doesn't really care what the media or other people think. And if you don't know that about him, you didn't see him when he was in San Jose and he kept on saying Martin Jones is our goaltender when everybody in the hockey world said Martin Jones is not very good. Yeah, right, right. No, and you're right for on a couple things there. Number one, it is definitely – his situation, he's going to handle it the way you know he does, and the media are going to pound this because, again, it goes back to Mark Andre Fleury being the face of this franchise ever since they got here, and again, you know, he was one of the main reasons why they went to the Stanley Cup final against Washington in their very first season here. So, and he's a fan favorite, okay? And Pete DeBoer is not. Uh, he wasn't here from day one. He was an adversary, you know. So, and, and not to interrupt you here, but yeah. let's not forget this either. And whether it's fair or not fair, Pete DeBoer did see Mark Andre Fleury give up all those goals True. during the major penalty when his San Jose Sharks eliminated them from the playoffs. Yeah. That's a view that he had from the other bench. Now, was it all on Mark Andre Fleury? No, the penalty should have never been called. That's a whole different argument. It's a whole different discussion. But if Pete DeBoer has reservations in the back of his mind about can Marc-Andre Fleury get it done in the big, crucial situations, I'm sure part of that is because he saw his team show that in that particular night, on that day, on in that game, right. he didn't get it done. Right. And there's, there is something to the fact as well, too. No different than a head coach or a general manager taking over in any sport that he likes to you know, maybe separate himself from the previous coach. We're saying, hey, okay, I'm running the show now. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring my guy in, whether he's doing subconsciously or not. It's just a thing, you know, that you you want to have your stamp on this team. You don't want to take over, which he had to do when he when he took over in the middle of the season last year. Okay, uh, gonna go status go. No, I want to, I want to put my own own tweaks into this thing exactly. And, and you know, he's got the ear of Kelly McCrimmon and stuff like that when it comes to picking up players as well, too, which I'm sure he did with uh, when they picked up Robin Leonard. And he made that stamp immediately, not only right. with the picking up of Robin Leonard, but getting rid of Dave Pryor, the goalie coach, right. a guy that Fleury really liked, a guy who believed yeah. in Malcolm Subban, and a guy who wouldn't necessarily be a good fit with Robin Leonard. When they got rid of Dave Pryor, who was one of the few goalie coaches that's known throughout this city. Most cities, I'm sure that if you ask the fans right. who's the goalie coaches, they're like, I don't know. Right. You know, unless it's a former player or something. Mm-hmm. When they got rid of Dave Pryor, right off the bat there, Pete DeBoer was saying, I'm bringing in somebody to help Robin Leonard in this situation. So he made a stamp right out of the gate, whether people want to admit it or not. And another reason why he probably turns a lot of Vegas Golden Knight fans off is because he really doesn't care. He doesn't care what the the fans think, the well, media think. Well, and he's think, the and Sharks sort of guy. Yeah, he's the, exactly. So and so again, he just really hasn't come in here and really tried to be embraced by the fans. Now, all, all he's tried to do is win hockey games. Yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> but again, with a lot of coaches, fans love to have that connection with players as well as coaches too. And again, it's like, hey, that's our guy. But I guarantee you, if 
you had, you know, starting lineups and introductions and this and that. I mean, we know who'd get the loudest applause, this, that. Pierre DeBoer would be like, you know, fans probably wouldn't even clap. It's like, you know, whatever. That's the way they feel about this head coach. And it doesn't need to be this way. And that's not the way it normally is with rabid fan bases. Rabid fan bases, they they embrace their coach just like they do the star players, even the the backups. Oh, absolutely. So Yeah, so, yeah. And and we'll see. And I know some fans... I don't want to say I know for a fact that they wouldn't, but they still claim, and it'd be interesting, that even if the board wins a Stanley Cup, they will still not like him. Yeah, like you said, and the key is just like you said, he came from San Jose. Yeah, he so, was yeah. the enemy. Right. He was yeah. the rival. Interesting. He liar. was the one that him and Turk got into the whole, you're a clown, you're not a clown, this <laughs> right. type of thing and that right. kind of stuff. There's not a lot of love yeah. lost there. Yeah. And then he comes and all of a sudden, he's your captain, he's your coach, he's the guy that you're rallying behind. Well, yeah. I'll pump the brakes for some people. Yeah. Oh, wait, and now you don't like flour? <laughs> yeah. And again, all of those points, it just kind of leads you to believe, that's, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do things my way. If people don't like it, that's you know, too bad for them. So it, all, all of that factors into that. All right, we come back. The big seven-footer is going to join us. Some crazy stuff happened in the NBA. A couple of big-time players have been told, uh, you're not going to play anymore. And they're going to get some big contracts they still have to pay out. So we're going to have some wheeling and dealing as the NBA trade deadline is approaching. So we'll talk to the big seven-footer about that. And the Gonzaga Bulldogs roll over guess who on Saturday. He's not going to like that, but we'll hit that and a whole lot more coming your way. T.C. Martin Show, happy President's Day. All right, let me put some water on your balls. More from the master debater. Martin. You never know what comes out of this guy's mouth. All right, plenty of college basketball tonight in the NBA as well, too. Get on over to the William Hill Sportsbooks. Get over to the Cosmopolitan, still happening, part of the four-day weekend, and get the mobile app before you get on over there as well, too. Deposit some money in your account, use the promo code TC50, and you still get the $53 if you open up a brand new account. That's it. Easy to download on your phone. Get on over there, deposit at any of the William Hill Sportsbooks anywhere throughout the great state of Nevada. And you can do it anytime and get the $53. Use that promo code TC50, open it up. $53 in your account when you deposit at least $50 at William Hill. Matthew Holt joins us, our man, U.S. Integrity, his business, and of course, I like to call him our UFC MMA guru. What's going on, my man? TC, how we doing? I mean, coming off a card this weekend, I think people are a little skeptical coming into this weekend's pay-per-view card with all the fight cancellations, but... Wow, did that main event deliver this past Saturday? I agree with you. And, you know, uh, Frank and I were talking a little bit about this uh, before uh, we got on the air today, and he goes, you know, I really didn't realize it was the Daytona 500 uh, until basically yesterday because we didn't really talk about it. didn't seem like it got all the hype. And then I knew this card was coming up, but it really didn't hit me really until like a day or two before as well too. And uh, But like you said, it, it was a great card. We had the Nigerian Nightmare. Uh, taking care of business, defeating uh, Gilbert Burns. A TKO, 34 seconds into round number three, was the main event Saturday night for the UFC 258. And uh, he retained his uh, 170-pound title. Of course, we're talking about uh, Kamuru Usman taking care of uh, Gilbert Burns. And uh, it's kind of funny, Matt, because Usman really started out really slow in this match, he got rocked by some big overhand rights and even went down. And I think a lot of people think, whoa, you know, we're this is we could have an upset here. This is uh, going to be one heck of a match. And then from that moment on, Usman really controlled it. Yeah, I mean, just like he did in the Tyron Woodley fight prior, Gilbert Burns came out and landed a massive right hand. And it. And it hurt Usman bad, probably worse than we've ever seen him hurt. But he was able to weather the storm. I mean, just the jabs he throws. Those jabs are unbelievable. It's hard to explain to to compare anyone in UFC that we've ever seen throw a jab like him. But now at 13-0, he is really in rarefied air. There are only three fighters in the entire history of the UFC to start their UFC careers 13-0. And that's Kamaru Usman, Khabib Nurmagomedov, 
and Anderson Silva. You know, man, I don't know about you, but when I was watching that fight, in that first round, when Usman did get rocked, I thought he was in serious trouble. Then when Burns went down to the mat, and I was waiting to see if the referee was going to stand them up, but he didn't. Usman kept busy enough. He kept on kicking the legs. He wasn't going to go down with Burns there. But I thought that was a great strategy because the way that he did it, he gave himself to shake off the cobwebs, to get himself, uh, you know, reactivated and everything in his mind and all that. And from that point on, he dominated. But I was wondering if they would have stood them up at that point. I thought that was when Burns might have had a window, but because he was down on his back, he never got an opportunity to do that. Usman regained all his senses, and from that point on, made sure that it didn't happen again. But I was thinking it might have been a different fight if maybe they would have stood him back up, that if Burns had any shot, it was right there, and he never got it. Yeah, maybe you're right, because if nothing else, Usman certainly uh, bought himself some time there. And there was a good 30 seconds to pass while he was standing above him, just tenderly kicking at the legs of Gilbert Burns, no damage being done, but it certainly gave him a lot of time to regain his composure. And you heard his corner after round one. That jab is the key. It reminds me of Ike Corte. You're a boxing guy, TC. Remember that old Ike Corte jab when he fought off? Absolutely. I mean, it ended up being a split decision with uh, with De La Hoya. That was the same jab we saw from Kamaru Usman. Not to mention they're both from the same place, basically, Ike Corte. Something about the jabs down there. (laughs) Something in the water gives you the stiffest left jab in history. And, And at the end of it, in the third round, it was a jab that knocked Gilbert Burns down again. Matt, let's go back a little bit because I remember this match was was talked about a long time ago. I think going back what to last May or something. What took so long for this match to to actually come back to fruition? Because this was a dead issue for quite some time. Well, what happened was, oh, and no, uh, it wasn't quite that long. So Gilbert Burns. I think it was last back- May. Then they were supposed to fight, wasn't it? About be almost a year ago. Oh, so Gilbert. So Gilbert Burns during the COVID um, pandemic was one of the earlier fights. Burns versus Woodley, and then the winner of that was going to get a title shot. So Burns beat Woodley last May, and then they scheduled Burns versus Usman in November, and Usman had to pull out then, and then there were some issues, and uh, and then they had to reschedule. And a lot of people speculate what those issues were in November, but some of it had to do with the fact that they simply trained at the same gym with the same head trainer, Henry Hooft. And what ended up happening was it was Usman who had to go and train at a different gym who went to Denver, Colorado and trained with different folks for this fight. So I think they threw the the fight together really quick uh, in May, and then all of a sudden they were like, oh, man, you know, these guys trained together. Usman had to leave. They didn't say why the fight got canceled in November, but what I heard was because he was going to have to switch gyms, he was going to now need some extra time to prepare. And, you know, Matt, going into this fight, that seemed to be a lot of the talk of which one learned something new in their different gym that they were going to bring to the cage to get the victory here. I'm not really so sure that we saw so much difference because we knew that Burns was going to come out like a, you know, like a gang on fire. That's what he did. He got the knockdown, couldn't get the completion like we talked about. And then I think Usman, from the sparring that, he probably knew that his jab was pretty good. His corner reminded him of it. He went back to that well, and he just dominated. And like you said, that jab that he hit him with, you don't normally see a jab knock a guy down like that, but that was a vicious jab, and it was also the culmination of a lot of them. It seemed like Usman knew what his comfort zone was, and I think he probably did remember that from all the years they sparred. It's like, yeah, Burns is good, but I can still beat him this way, and he went out and he beat him that way. He did, and he hurt him with a jab in the second round. He knocked Burns down with a big overhand right in the second round, but he stumbled him with a jab. That jab was super impressive. Look, it was the most impressive performance of Kamaru Usman's uh, UFC career, and then he followed it up by his most impressive post-fight interview of his career. The problem with this guy was he was never good on the mic. I mean, we're talking about a guy who has – is in rarefied air. Only three fighters ever have started their career 13-0 and in the UFC, and those are the same three who started their career 12-0 and in the UFC. So he's always been in rarefied air in terms of how historically good he is. It's just that he's never been that marketable. I thought, first of all, he had an amazing performance Saturday night, 
And then he followed it up with his best post-fight interview he's ever had. Matthew Holt joins us, U.S. Integrity, talking UFC 258 from Saturday night. You, you touched about how Usman has, has started this thing here. He's now won 17 straight, Matt, all 13 in the UFC. And like you mentioned, he eclipsed uh, Georges St. Pierre's record in the division, tied Khabib for most consecutive wins to start a UFC career. Second, like you said, uh, to only Anderson Silva, uh, where he has 16 victories. Where does he rank with St. Pierre and the other 175, uh, rather the other 170 pounders in this division? I think all time right now, he's probably on the very tail end of the top 10, maybe even like in that 11 to 15 range. But most of that has to do with the fact that. He just haven't, hasn't been that well-known. He just hasn't gotten that much respect. He's still only ranked fifth. If you go to the UFC pound-for-pound pound rankings right now, he's only ranked fifth behind guys like Stipe Miocic and you know John Jones, who hasn't fought in forever. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I think John Jones will always go down as the greatest ever because he never actually lost. His only loss was by disqualification, unless he loses later in his career. And then from there, we're going to get into the George St. Pierre's. Don't forget how popular Chuck Liddell was, Randy Couture, you know, who's a two-time heavyweight champion, two-time light heavyweight champion um, back in the day. So I think right now Usman all-time rankings for me is somewhere between 11 and 15. But the difference is this guy's right in his prime. His story's not written yet. He can go out and defend his title five or six more times, and maybe at the end of the day we say he was the greatest ever. Uh, and he's going to have some names in front of him to do that. And I loved the call out of Jorge Masvidal, who he already beat, but he beat on six days' notice. So Masvidal only had six days to take the fight, uh, didn't have time for a training camp. He's like, look, put together a full training camp and let's get this thing on. Uh, And I think that fight would do huge pay-per-view numbers to really boost Usman's stock. And if he wins there, wins a couple more after it, we could be talking about maybe the greatest fighter of all time. Kamaro Usman. And that's the thing, man. Just go back to what I, I, how the way I opened this thing here, talking about, you know, a lot of people were maybe not that in tune or familiar about this card and everything. And maybe because Usman's really not that household name, even though he's very, he's been very, very successful. But maybe it is because, okay, he's not an American because, again, he, he, he's from a different country. And more importantly, something that you just said there, not great on the mic. I just don't think that the, he's really resonated maybe with a lot of people, maybe the American uh, public. But if he continue, and, and again, he's he's been you know you know down before. He battled back a slow start. You know Saturday night. I think this guy is, is something special, definitely. But I just don't think, especially the American public, has really bought into him quite just yet. Maybe they should have, but maybe they haven't. It's unfortunate, but it's been true in combat sports as long as I've been alive, and I'm starting to get gray everywhere. Um, is that you can't just be good in the ring or you can't just be good inside the octagon. If you're going to be a superstar in combat sports, fans either have to hate you or love you, but they can't feel indifferent about you. And Kamaro Usman for too long has been a really nice guy who is too quiet on the mic, who in his post-fight interviews, who do you want to fight next? Whoever the UFC gives me, I'm just happy to be here. You know, it just it didn't resonate with people. You're right, he wasn't American, he didn't talk a lot, he wasn't flamboyant, and his style wasn't overly flashy. And because he was dominating guys so easily, it was hard for him to be the good guy but he certainly wasn't feeling like the bad guy, and he just didn't resonate with fans. I thought after that fight Saturday, he was really aggressive on the mic, really emotional, really passionate, demanding respect, and and I thought that was the best Kamara Usman. Because, I mean, we look at the guys who've made money through the history of boxing. They're not always the best fighters. Nobody in the world thinks Mike Tyson was the greatest heavyweight of all time. He he wasn't even close to technically as sound as so many of the other legends. Rocky Marciano, Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier. I mean, 
even Lennox Lewis. I mean, Mike Tyson wasn't as technically equipped as any of them. But, man, was he good on the mic, and he had this devastating KO and stigma, getting out of prison, and you need that kind of stuff. Floyd Mayweather was the perfect heel. Everybody paid to hope to see Mayweather lose. And, of course, he never did, but it gave you a reason to tune in. Kamara Usman, up to this point, just hasn't gravitated to fans yet. I think he's going to start to do that. Yeah, and you know, when you're talking about Usman, too, and you talk about that interview after the fight, he was actually jawing with Joe Rogan a little bit, even on the way to the interview area when he left the cage. So he could tell that he was kind of hyped up for that. But you've talked about um, the fact that he has dominated people relatively easily, that he doesn't have the mic skills, but maybe he's working on that and trying to get himself out there more. One of the other things that it seems like when you have those top greatest fighters of all time in any combat sport they also need that opponent. You mentioned John Jones. There was Daniel Cormier. You mentioned Randy Couture. Well, he was fighting bigger guys. He was fighting smaller guys. He's fighting this and that. Does Usman have in his potential with guys like Masvidal and some of those other guys, is there somebody good enough to bring out the best in him that he will get the respect he deserves? Because if he's winning so easily, sometimes people think, well, yeah, he's winning, but who's he fighting? And that's one of the things that I thought Usman did in that post-fight interview, too. He was giving credit to Burns going, you guys saw me knock him out, but you guys need to give this guy credit. He's a damn good fighter. Yeah. I think that the UFC wasted the first Masvidal fight between these two. I do think Usman has guys to fight. And here's what's interesting, is, and I hate it when the UFC does this, is, look, sometimes it's better to just cancel a fight and make a different fight the main event. And when they canceled that other fight with Usman and threw Jorge Masvidal in there, on, on basically five days' notice, it ended up being a boring fight. You couldn't sell enough pay-per-views because nobody actually knew Masvidal was fighting because you were promoting Colby Covington or somebody else for for five straight months. And uh, I just think that really turned that away. I do think a Jorge Masvidal fight with a full camp would do good numbers. I think the Colby Covington rematch, assume, assuming Covington wins his next fight, whether it's versus Leon Edwards, or somebody else would do really well because Covington's rebounded well, dominated Tyron Woodley, and that fight was a contender for fight of the year in 2019, Colby Covington versus Kamara Usman. It's kind of was the coming out party for both guys. So I do think there are a few guys, but here's the problem. There's not that up-and-coming superstar right now unless we get this guy, Shemaev, who – You know, people were talking about rushing in there who had to get his fight postponed due to COVID. Maybe in two years we're talking Usman versus Shemayev, biggest fight in UFC history. But you're right, Frank. Right now he's going to have to beat the Jorge Masvidal's, Colby Covington's again. And I think those guys are good enough. And then hopefully Shemayev will become the star of the UFC hopes. And in 2023 we can do Usman versus Shemayev for all the marbles. You know, we mentioned that Usman has tied Khabib for most consecutive wins to start a UFC career. And by the I know, way, they didn't like Khabib early in his career. Right. He wasn't that popular for a while. Uh, 100%. And, until he destroyed McGregor, then that really put him over right. the top. So, But Usman, I thought that was interesting, Matt, that you know there has been talk about Usman facing Khabib. Now we know Khabib says he's retired. I get that. But Usman says that he would not fight Khabib. He said never he would fight Khabib. Give me some thoughts on that. Well, first of all, Khabib doesn't want to go above 155 for anybody besides George St. Pierre. Usman can't go below 170. He's one of the biggest 170s you'll ever see. Guy walks around at over 200 pounds. So from a weight standpoint, I'm not sure they could ever do it. But for some reason, these guys both religiously, spiritually, and from a training respect reason, they are friends. They like each other. They have the ultimate respect for each other and they're just never going to fight each other. I think for Khabib to come back, it's going to take Conor McGregor winning the trilogy with Dustin Poirier or Michael Chandler knocking out Justin Gaethje or something and giving him a fresh, exciting challenge in the UFC. Khabib's not done. Mark my words there. There will be another Khabib fight. It'll just never be against Kamaro Usman. What's more interesting to me is Kamaro Usman moving up and maybe someday taking on undefeated middleweight champion Israel Adesanya. I think that's more appealing and realistic than ever talking about Khabib versus Usman. But you say Khabib won't fight Usman. 
But will he fight McGregor again? Because he said he didn't want any part of that either. What are your thoughts there? Well, Khabib's one of those guys where you have to earn it. And, I mean, if, if McGregor can beat Poirier in the third trilogy fight, and then maybe even one more, it could, it could take a two-fight win streak for McGregor, but then that fight would be too big. It would be too much money at that point. Or Michael Chandler. Look, Michael Chandler was the long-reigning Bellator champion. Couldn't have looked any better in his UFC debut. If he goes on to win the UFC title, and he'll have beaten some really popular guys if he does, including probably Justin Gaethje on the way or Charles Oliveira, then I think there is also a possibility that he comes out of retirement to fight Michael Chandler, who called him out a couple times already. And Michael Chandler at that point would be a fresh matchup, an exciting matchup, a fellow wrestler. I think the Michael Chandler appeal and money could pull him out of retirement, or if not, it's going to take McGregor getting back in the gym real hard and getting on a two-fight win streak. If McGregor did go on a two-fight win streak, we're talking a pretty big time span there. How much time would that give Khabib off? Do we know what he's doing right now? Is he still training? Is he enjoying his retirement? I mean, I know the guy is absolutely sensational in the cage, but all of a sudden you do have to wonder, it's like, how long can he be off and still be 100% ready to go? Oh, sure. That's certainly a, a concern here. And I think the timeline for McGregor would be he's going to fight Poirier in the summer. That's basically a done deal. Dana already confirmed it. So let's say he fights Poirier again in June, and then McGregor fights either Michael Chandler or Justin Gaethje or whoever he does in December. Then even if McGregor wins both of those fights, you're talking at the earliest because they're going to want to do a ton of marketing around it. July 2022 for McGregor versus Khabib too. So you're right. At that point, Khabib will have been out of, the, out of action for two full years plus. Um, there, it's certainly reasonable to wonder what kind of shape and, you know, how he's going to look coming off such a long layoff. All right, Matt. Appreciate the time as always, my friend. Uh, enjoy the uh, tail end of your three or maybe even a four-day weekend. I'm in the office as usual, my friend. Yeah. We work every day over here at U.S. Integrity. There you go. See, just like us, man. You know, holidays for us, us guys, you know? That's right. You have to work the holidays. That's how you put integrity in the name. Oh. Very nice. There you go. Keep an eye on stuff. All right, brother. Be good. Thanks for the the great breakdown. Appreciate it as always. We'll talk to you real soon. Thanks, fellas. Have a great night. Take care. There he is, Matthew Holt, U.S. Integrity. Fantastic job again talking to us about the sportsbook side of stuff. And today, UFC, Matt, uh, an avid UFC expert. Love having him on the program. When we come back, the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright joins us. Plus, we've got some... College football news, uh, some head coaching news we'll talk about as well next hour. So don't you dare go anywhere. Glad to have you here on a President's Day with Ballpark Frank, T.C. Martin, Numchuck, hitting all the right buttons so far today, but it's still early. Still early, my friend. T.C. Martin showing a Monday.